Welcome to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast for anyone looking to stop letting life get in the way and start crushing bold goals. I'm your host, Sarah Mayer, and I'm thrilled to navigate this journey with you because it's time to start boldly achieving without working double time. So let's dive in. Hello, Bold Gold Crushers. I'm super excited today to talk with my guest, Katie House, who is a health coach, a podcast host, a slow but steady runner, a meditation enthusiast, a boy mom, and married to her college sweetheart. When she's not spending time with family, she's working passionately to help others live a life of intention through joy, gratitude, and healthy habits. She's mostly known for being a health coach and host of the Live by Design podcast and creator of the LBD Collective. And people often refer to her as the happiest person they know. And it's her hope that her podcast can be a place to motivate and inspire others to live their boldest and biggest life. I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. Welcome. Thank you so much, Sarah. I'm so grateful to be here. When I was first introduced to you and I started listening to your podcast, I was like, oh my gosh, she is totally my people. So it is just such a pleasure to get to sit down face to face and have this conversation with you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for joining. And I really want to dive into what you do because I love this idea of helping people really achieve their biggest, boldest life. I think many times people start off not knowing what they want to do and they fall into things and then very quickly their dreams and hopes and ambitions slip away and life gets in the way. So I love that we are working in the similar space and really helping people to achieve their biggest life. So tell me, how did you get into this? What drives you to do what you do? Yeah, that's such a great question. Thank you, Sarah. So it's kind of funny. I became a podcaster in a kind of circuitous way. So if I rewind back to when I was 25, I had what I jokingly call a quarter life crisis. And that I like had this moment where I realized I was, I was overworked. I was stressed. I was having like stress induced nightmares about my work email crashing. Like I I didn't know how to create healthy boundaries around work. And I was a perfectionist and I just got so wildly burnt out that I was like, I need a total and complete change. So I went from working a traditional nine to five job to training to be a yoga instructor. And for two, three thing was three years in the end, I taught yoga full-time and I managed studios and I loved it. I like loved getting to interact with people in person. I loved the physicality of it. Like I love just helping people feel good in their bodies and in their hearts. And eventually I became a health coach because I had clients and and students in the yoga studio who wanted to work on a deeper, more one-on-one level on their, on their health goals. And I was like, well, I, I am healthy, but let me go and get certified. So I have a structure that I can really use to help others. And so I started my health coaching practice back in 2017. And then for a number of years, I was doing that. And I would record these Instagram stories, like sharing different things that I was working with clients on or working on with myself. And one day a friend was like, you know, Kate, like 
I think you should start a podcast. And it was funny because I love right? that. It's yeah. so nice when that happens. And I was, I had been thinking that too. And I was like, okay, universe, I hear you through the voice of my best friend. Like I'm going to do this. So that's, that's how I started podcasting. And I, I, and maybe this has been similar for you as well. I started a podcast and I was like, I love this medium so much. Like it just like brings me alive. And, and, and that's just what I want to share with other people. I I had that moment when I was 25 of like, nothing changes if nothing changes. Like I realized, Mm -hmm. like if I didn't want to look down the road 20 years, 30 years from now and be in the exact same place of overwhelm and burnout and exhaustion and stress, I had to change something. And that's where the live by design podcast comes from. It's to live by design and not by default. So really to embrace this idea of like, you get agency in your life. And as much as you might think that life is happening to you, there's so much you can do to make shifts and changes. And they don't have to be big, drastic quarter life crises. Like, I hope that doesn't happen to anybody Mm -hmm. else. It was, it was like a big learning experience, but it was, it was hard too. Um, and worth it to come out the other side, but I want to help other people not have to get to that point of like crashing and burning and to start sooner to realize like, maybe this isn't really fulfilling whatever the the situation might be. And how can I start to make shifts so that I'm, I'm leaning more towards health. I'm leaning more towards pursuing what's on my heart, you know, whatever that might be. And, And so that's where that drive comes from is that own personal experience of like, well, I, that was not great. And I don't want to be in that season again. And so what can I do going forward to feel happy, to feel joyful, to feel healthy, And, you know, that's not every single day, of course, but like, what can I do so that that's how I feel the majority of the time? Yeah. You know, what's really interesting. I had a similar situation when I was a little bit older, but I I think many times youth, like in their high school ages and middle school, and then right when they start in their in their twenties, they're chasing the shoulds like, well, you should go to college. You should get a job. You should get married. You should find a friend. You should this, you should that. And we just go through life doing all the things that we should do instead of deciding what we really should do or want to do. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. That's exactly how I got to where I was at that point was I was like, I graduated, I did really well in college and I got the good grades. I got a job right out of school. Like I was a high achiever. Right. But, Mm -hmm. but it was for people other than myself, I realized in the end. And even though that was like the quote, right direction for me, it turns out it it wasn't (laughs) And making that realization and putting some shifts in place, uh, was really eye-opening for me. And I have two younger sisters and they are, they're nine and 11 years younger than me. And so, cause our parents, there's four of us total, we're all just spread out. And I, I'm oh, wow. always telling them, I'm like, make sure you take jobs that like are in alignment with what you, what you really want to do. Right. Cause I'm like, I'm a decade older than you. Like, I just hope that they, like, they follow what's on their heart as well. And, and they don't fall into those shoulds. Yeah. And so you talk a lot about goals and habits. And so if you were to share one tip for setting goals and figuring out what you really want to do, what would be that first tip? Oh, that's such a great question. So I'm a big fan of, well, maybe two things. If I had to say, I would first commend yourself for getting to wherever you are today. Cause sometimes I think when we goal set, 
we think like, well, I I'm not doing well right now, or you don't take into account all the great things you've done that have gotten you to where you are. So the first thing I'd say is like, make a list of things that you're really proud of yourself for having done right for having achieved and, and not having achieved by anyone else's terms of success, but your own, you know, maybe you, Mm -hmm. you trained for, and you ran a 5k and you're like, so dang proud of yourself for doing that. Like, awesome. Put that on the list. Or like, maybe you're a mom and you're like, I grew a whole human in my body. That's amazing. And like that goes on the list, right? Like what, or maybe you show up and you're just a really great friend or you're a really great partner. Like put that on the list. So first like celebrate what has worked well and like what you're proud of yourself for already. And then I always Mm -hmm. like to think ahead to the future. So what do you want your life to look like? And more importantly, what do you want your life to feel like 10 years Mm -hmm. from now? And start to really visualize that in great detail. I have a a meditation on my podcast that I I walk people through this because I believe in it so much. Just like when you wake up, like, where are you? Like, are you in a different town than you're in now? Are you next to a partner? You know, what, what does your house look like? Do you have pets? You know, all of those things and go through your whole day. And, and what does that look like? And I like to use that just kind of as like a guiding um, principle when setting goals, right? So 10 years from now, it's probably not going to be exactly that. Maybe you end up somewhere a little different. Maybe it's, you know, beyond your wildest dreams, like who knows, but it just gives you a direction. And then I like to dial that back into like five-year goals and then one-year goals because 10 years is really far away. So it's really easy to be like, well, I'll start working on whatever is going to get me there tomorrow or next month. Right. And so breaking it down into smaller chunks, I find personally to be really helpful. And then I always create a vision board. You can actually, you know, your listeners won't be able to see it, but Sarah can see, I have a vision board back behind me. And I always make like a one-year vision board. It's like a year from now, how do I, you know, envision my life looking and feeling like, and that kind of helps keep me on track in the shorter term. I love that. There's, there's a couple of things that really stuck out to me. The first one is the celebrating where you're at. I think many times it's all right. I check that off the list on to the next. And we don't really take the time to sit in how much work and how much learning took place for us to accomplish that thing. And I think when we do that, not only do we celebrate ourselves, but we're telling, we're building that muscle memory of we can do hard things and then we should celebrate them. So I love that. And then I also love this idea of the yearly vision board because this and the concept of how do I want to feel? Because many times we're chasing a thing. And when people do the vision board, they're like, oh, fancy car, let's put that on there. Oh, this lipstick looks good or that body looks good. Let me put that on there. But that, that chasing a feeling actually is a little bit easier and more attainable, but it also has that effect of changing our whole life and outlook when we change how we feel about what we're doing rather than accumulating another thing or something like that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, it's so funny because in each of my vision boards, I do one each year and I keep the old ones and I hang them up in another part of my basement because it's really fun to see like year after year, like, oh, wow, like, yeah, that that did come to fruition. Or you see an old one and you're like, maybe that thing didn't happen that year, but I can track it a few years later and I see that it happened. But I always pick a word for each year that's a feeling. So for me in 2022, my word is ease. Like I'm, I'm a big fan of like leaning in and doing the work, but I also want to have this feeling of like 
ease as I'm going about it. And that feeling for me can then be like this guiding principle throughout the year. So as I make decisions, as I, you know, decisions on how to spend my time, decisions on how to spend my, my resources or whatever that might be, I can always run it through this lens of like, does it, does it, you know, it, does it honor ease? And if it doesn't, I can be like, okay, well, maybe I should reevaluate or maybe there's a different way to do this. But yeah, I find, I find the vision board just to be super helpful. And I love too, that you said, like, you know, putting like a specific body on there. I am a huge fan of like, only put pictures of yourself and your friends and your family on your vision board. And like, yeah, I mean, maybe like a Lamborghini is possible for you a year from now, but like for me, I'm like, well, I I have no interest in cars, but for me, like, I don't want to put like you know, a car or a mansion on my vision board. I want to have like a picture of the house that I live in and the family that I love and the things that we do together that, you know, make us feel vibrant and alive. Right. And so I always like, it cracks me up because when you like Google, like vision boards, it's like, you know, these picture perfect images and like, it's just not relatable to most of us in our normal lives. And yeah. so I'm always like, put yourself on your vision board. Cause it's supposed to inspire you. And I yeah. want your life on there. Right. Yeah. And I think one of the things I do a lot of work with vision boards, usually around the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think one of the things is that when people start with the magazines, they're starting from somebody else's vision or dreams. And so it really needs to come from, like you mentioned the word, how do I want to feel or what is truly authentic to me? And when I start there, then I can go find the images that represent what I truly want. Like you, you might see a fancy car and just slap it on there, but that's not truly what you want. So exactly. I couldn't agree more. (laughs) And then you do a lot of work and you have a concept with ABC goals, right? Tell me a little bit about that. Tell everyone a little bit about your ABC goals. I would love to, Sarah. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I, in the last year or so, the cool thing about hosting a podcast, and you've probably found this too, is that it keeps you accountable to your own growth because like, who am I to share things that I'm not reading myself or researching myself or implementing myself. And so something that I've been really leaning into in the last year is, is looking at this tendency towards perfectionism and how that's Mm -hmm. held me back in the past. And so first building an awareness around it, when does it show up in my life? How does it show up? Like, what does that actually look like? And when I notice it happening, how can I start to shift away from that tendency? So I have a post-it on my screen that says done is better than perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, because I am all about like imperfect action, just, you know, it trumps everything, just like imperfect action, forward movement. And I, and, but then I started thinking about that in relationship to goals. And sometimes goals can feel very black and white. They can feel like I either achieved it or I didn't. And I like to use an example. I love to run and I've run, I think like 13 half marathons now. It's like, it, thank you. It's just something I, it, I show up as a better person for the people I love when I take care of myself. And the easiest way for me to keep myself accountable is to have some sort of running goal on the calendar. And so I like, like to run one or two a year. And I always like to set A, B, and C goals. And, the, and I use that framework in a lot of different goals, but I find with running, it makes a really great metaphor. So if your goal is just like a traditional, like it's going to happen or it's not kind of goal, your goal could be like, I'm going to run a half marathon, or I want to run in a specific time or, and and you end up feeling like either 
wow, that's amazing. I achieved that goal. Or if it doesn't go to plan, you feel really crummy when you didn't succeed. And so you're kind of setting yourself up for this like black and white approach. And so instead I like to set a, B and C goals. So instead of saying like, I'm either going to run the race or I'm not, or I'm going to do it in a specific time, or I'm going to feel like I failed. My a goal is like the stars align and the sun is out. And I, I woke up rested and I feel amazing. And like, it was the perfect run. And like, I set a new PR, like a, a personal record. It's the fastest I've ever run a half. Yeah. That's like an A goal that happens. Like not all the time, but when it does, you're like, oh, that's awesome. Your B goal is like the goal that you're like, I'm pretty confident I can do this. So like, maybe it's in a specific time for me. I like to focus on like, how do I want to feel at the end of the race? Like I want to feel mm -hmm. good. I want to feel like I finished strong. Right. And so mm -hmm. that might be my B goal is like, I finished feeling strong. And then my seagull is like, it rained the whole time. I stepped in a puddle <laughs> in mile two. I got a cramp at mile four, you know? And like, the only goal is like, I dragged my tush across the finish line and like that, that's it. But I feel successful because it was one of my A, B or C goals. And so yeah. I like using that approach that we start to release this, this tendency towards all or nothing thinking, which I think is tied into the perfectionism piece. And instead giving ourselves the opportunity to, to exceed our expectations, but then also an opportunity to show ourselves grace when needed and to be like, mm -hmm. yeah, maybe that wasn't ideal. Um, like maybe, you know, maybe the weather was really crappy or like I woke up that morning and felt awful, but like I still did it. I still showed up for myself. I honored this commitment and I feel really proud of myself for doing that. So it just gives you a chance yeah. to, to celebrate the wins no matter where they are on that spectrum. Yeah. And you know, you pass high school and college with C's. So, you know, all the people who broke their necks to get an A, you know, I, I always like to say I had, I had friends in med school and they're like, you know, I, whether I got an A or a C, I'm still a doctor. Yep, exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Now, one of the things that happens a lot, and we talk a lot with uh, on the podcast about are this concept of habits, because we can have these goals, we can have vision boards, we can map it all out, we can put it on our calendar, and then life gets in the way. And things happen. And what often happens with New Year's resolutions is a year later, no progress has been made. And really what it comes down to is building your goals into your habits. So what type of habits do you like to teach? What are the things that you share with your, your community? Oh, I love this question so much. Thank you, Sarah. So I actually, I had a guest on my show recently. Her name's Amber Bersiki. And she said that she always asks her clients, what is the next thing that, that you can do that moves you towards your goals that feels light and easy? And I've really taken mm. this to, right. I've really taken that. To I heart. love like, that. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and right. Cause how many times do we sit down at the beginning of the year, we write out like 10 resolutions or 10 goals or whatever you want to call it. And it's, it's too big. It's not light and easy. And so, you know, you can grin and bear it and, and do all the things for a week or two but then life happens, right? Like a kid gets sick and you get off your routine or you've got a big work deadline and, and you just have to put extra time into it. And then you fall off the wagon of your habits or whatever it is you're working towards. And then it's so hard to get that inertia started again, because you're trying to do like all the things. And so for me, mm -hmm. I try to start small and grow from there. So 
I am a number of years into my journey of being really intentional with my habits. So I have a couple of like keystone habits. So habits in my day that create this like positive domino effect throughout the rest of the day. So the first is that my husband and I trade off an hour each morning for our own personal morning routine. So from oh, six, that is gold. It's so helpful. Uh-huh. I, okay. I, 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 it's like the number one thing I can recommend to people is like, have some sort of morning routine. And like, I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old right now. So there are times when like they don't sleep well and maybe we shrink it down and we both share like 30 minutes and 30 minutes on those kinds of days. But having time where I can start my day intentionally with myself, not in like Mm -hmm. reaction mode for other people's needs is just, it's huge. And so my husband takes from six to seven and I hang out with our kids because they're like little roosters. They're up super early. And then I take from seven to eight before he starts his like official work day. And during that time, I have a, um, a journal that I use that I write down like five things I'm grateful for, as well as my 10 goals that I'm working towards. And then I'll meditate for just like five to 10 minutes, nothing like super long, um, but just enough to help me slow down and get back in touch with myself. And then I'll do like stream of conscious journaling, uh, to end that time. And I find that to be really helpful to just kind of brain dump whatever is like going around in my head that I need to get Mm -hmm. out. And then with that extra time, I'll like take a shower or like I'll, you know, just sometimes I'll even, I call it like a, (laughs) sometimes getting a shower is a big deal in a day. It totally (laughs) is. And like, I'll get dressed for the day and I'm like, wow, I feel really good. So then at eight o'clock when I'm done that time, I go into my day feeling like calm and present and grounded and just a much more like patient and present, like both like parent and like spouse when I get that time. And that's a habit that we've had to get into, right? Like we have to go to bed at a fairly decent time or waking up for that time is really hard. Um, we've also had to just be really good at communicating with each other. Like, Hey, let's make sure we do it tomorrow. Like I know what this was a later night, but let's make sure we still prioritize this time. Um, but it, it's just, it's so helpful. And, it, and it's one of those keystone habits, right? Cause if I do my yeah. morning routine, then I'm like, I'm up and I'm dressed and I feel good. I've had a cup of coffee all by myself. Like nobody was climbing on me Mm -hmm. or cuddling me. Like solo coffee is so nice. And then, then I'm like, okay, I feel really good. I think I'll make like my protein smoothie for breakfast today. Um, which is like chock full of awesome nutrients. Right. So I drink that. And then I'm like, okay, like let's go do something fun with the kids. And then that leads me to wanting to eat like a healthy Mm -hmm. lunch. Right. And it all just, then I feel energized. And so I, I make sure I prioritize my time to sweat that day and to move my body joyfully, mm-hmm. no matter what that looks like that day. Right. And so that that's the one habit for me, that morning routine time that just really has such a big impact on my day. And the cool thing with the morning routine is you can start small, you can start light and easy. Like it can literally be like, you just put up, you know, put aside 10 minutes and do that. Just do one thing that makes you feel yeah centered, right. And then build it from there. Yeah. I love that. And I love this idea of alternating because I think many times it's like, well, we're a team. Let's tackle this morning routine for our kids, getting them off to school together. And that feels right. But then you end up with two people who like had a rough start to their day. So I, I love the tag team. And I also am a big fan of evening habits. I think there's a lot of stuff out there about morning routines and morning habits. And I think we miss sometimes the evening. And 
especially people with families. Like when I grew up, my family was a family dinner family. Mm -hmm. We had to be home by the time it was dark. And then we had dinner as soon as it was dark. And it does, I'm from Chicago. So it does get a little bit darker earlier. And I always cherish that wind down routine. So talk a little bit about evening routines. Do you have any tips for evening routines? Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that you brought that up because I absolutely believe that your morning routine actually starts the night before <laughs> because, oh. you know, right. Cause if you stay up too late or you don't have, you know, if you, I have to go to bed with the intention of waking up for my morning routine the next day, mm -hmm. because otherwise it's really easy to not wake up when my alarm goes off or to just like mosey on downstairs. And, and we don't, if we don't prioritize it, it just doesn't happen. Right. You just have to be so intentional. So at, at night, I really like to, to like set myself up for success. So going to bed at a decent time, which for me, like I get tired early. So if I'm in bed by like 10, 10 30, I'm like, this is great. This is totally ideal for me. Um, all I've even like in the past, like set my clothes out the night before. Um, nowadays I just like, you know, I wear my pajamas for my morning routine, but when I needed to leave the house and like go start my work day, not at my home, like I would put out my work clothes ahead of time. Um, but a big thing for me is just winding down without screens. And so, mm -hmm. you know, it could be so easy. It's, it's fun to watch TV. I love television. Um, but I also know that I need time to like turn off the TV, turn mm -hmm. off social media, like, and I'll just listen to like an audio book or I'll listen to a podcast or I'll read, like, I'm always reading like three different books. <laughs> and so like, I'll grab one of the books I'm reading and just have some time again, just to myself. Right. Like we spend so much day talking with other people, being around other people, at least I do in the season of life that I'm in that carving out this time to just have a little bit of time to myself or to my thoughts can be really helpful. Um, yeah. So I think, I mean, those are probably the biggest things for me. And, and the other thing is, especially with the season I'm in is just coordinating the night before with my husband of like, well, what does our day look like tomorrow? And yeah. like, how, when are we both going to get our, our sweat session and, and, you know, morning routine and, you know, all those little logistical things, right. That if you're not intentional about those little things actually can get in the way of, yeah. of what is really important. Right. Cause life always happens. <laughs> yeah. There's always something, you know, I used to joke, I really probably six or seven years ago now, maybe a little bit longer. I used to wake up in the morning. I had a really big job and I'd wake up in the morning and I would jump on my phone and we ran a 24 hour operation. And so there was a guy named Bob that really was his name, but it was Bob. And he was in the data anal analyst group and his job was to send reports. Well, Bob liked to beat traffic. So he would get into work about five o'clock. And so I would wake up at seven. And now I like to say that I invited Bob into my bedroom because at <laughs> seven in the morning, I was reading these reports and he never did anything wrong. He never sent like bad emails, but he's just reporting the news. Mm -hmm. And so I would, I would wake up and I'd be annoyed or I'd say, ah, oh, this data doesn't look right or this, or I'd be excited. And then I'd think I'd be thinking about that, brushing my teeth and thinking about that, driving to work. And then I'd like walk into work and be like, Bob, what are we going to do about this? And I got to go talk to so-and-so about that. And he just happened to be the first one to send an email. 
And so it set my whole day on somebody else's priority. And then I wasn't my best self either because like I would walk up to people who just walking into work. I was like, did you see Bob's report? And they were like, no, (laughs) I haven't even logged, turned on my computer yet. I'm just getting my coffee. And so I was like that girl who was like bombarding people. And it was just because Bob was doing his job. Mm -hmm. So I decided when I really got serious about habits to say, Bob is not coming in my house, my drive to work. I will not even think about Bob until 930. And then I actually pushed it back to like, I I got into work at like nine. So then I pushed it back to like 1030. Mm -hmm. It was great. I was able to show up the way I wanted and to be more pleasant with my coworkers. And yes, I still dealt with Bob and his reports and all that stuff. I didn't let it go, but I was a better version of myself because Bob was not in my morning routine. (laughs) I love that. Well, and, and that is like, that's the agency piece, right? I think so often we feel like we're falling, we're just not being intentional. Right. And so like, it's so easy just to wake up and it's, it's easy, right? It's easy to wake up and open up your phone and pull up the news or read Bob's email or go on social media. And if you're not in a good headspace before doing those Mm -hmm. things, it doesn't always lead to you being in a good headspace afterwards. And it's, I think that's such a great example, Sarah, because you were able to like first build that awareness, like this is happening and maybe this isn't how I want to show up in my morning. And then you took control of it. You were like, okay, I am the boss of my own life. And so you decided like, I'm not going to read it till nine 30 and then heck push it even later. Right. And so you, you still create the space for it, but you create it in such a way that it's it's good for you. And you're able to really like, you know, there's that saying, like you can't pour from an empty um, vessel. And so like, you were able to pour into yourself first with your other habits, your other routines, or, or just saying hi to your colleagues. Right. And like grabbing that first cup of coffee together and and talking, right. And connecting on a more personal level before having to dive into that, the heavier stuff, the deeper stuff or what have you. And, and all of that's very doable, right. It's just a matter of, of, gaining the awareness and then making the shift. That's such a great example. Yeah. And what I really learned is then I started telling people like, I don't check my email till 10. Mm -hmm. Now it's more like 11, but, um, people would be so mortified. Well, what if there's an emergency and it's just like, when you call the doctor's office, they say, when you get the voicemail, it says, if this is an emergency dial nine one one, if you're sending (laughs) me an email for an emergency, you're probably not reaching out in the most effective way. And what I learned is people will figure it out. If it's an emergency, they will figure out how to get in touch with me. Yes, absolutely. A true emergency. (laughs) Well, I have just enjoyed our conversation and I know that everybody should check out your podcast, but I also want to give you the opportunity to share with everyone how they might work with you. Oh, thank you, Sarah. I appreciate that. Yeah. So you can tune into my podcast. I drop two episodes each week, Mondays and Thursdays, the live by design podcast with 
Kate House, just like a house, H-O-U-S-E. Um, and I'm on all of the, the streaming apps. You can find the podcast there. My website is just my name, MissKateHouse.com because Kate House was already taken by somebody else. So it's M-S-K-A-T-E-H-O-U-S-E.com. And that's where you can find my blog, uh, my podcast, my one-on-one health coaching services. But the thing I'm most excited about in 2022 is I launched the Live by Design Collective, the LBD Collective. And it's an online group where women come together for group health coaching. But it's so much more than that. We meet one, uh, the first Monday of each month for our growth night, which is when we dive into like a deep dive into some sort of holistic health field. And so this past month we dove into mindset, like what is a mindset? Why does it matter? And how can you shift yours? And then the third Monday of each month, we get together for a group journaling session, which we call discovery night. And then in between our sessions, we have an exclusive Facebook group where we're all in there each day, just supporting each other. I find, and I'm sure you've had this experience too, Sarah, that when you're implementing new habits, Mm -hmm. doing it with other people is so helpful. And so I was like, well, why not create a place online where we can all do that together? So that's the LBD collective. That's been my, my new thing this year. That's just like giving me so much life. I love that. And if you want to check out her podcast or the LBD collective, we will link that in the show notes. So you're able to go ahead and click those links and please check them out because I know when people really want to set out and achieve bold goals, the support system is what really brings those goals to life because it's really easy to say, Ooh, I didn't really want that anyway when you really did. So if you can get the group support and the tools to achieve your goals, know that most of our goals, somebody else out there can help you get there quicker and faster. So thank you so much, Kate, for being on the show today. I'm super excited for you and what you have going on. I just think that you are an awesome, awesome person. And I hope everybody checks you out. Thank you so much, Sarah. And thank you again for having me on the show. It is so much fun for me to have this conversation with you and to tune into your podcast. I've been binge listening to it. So now when I play it in the car, my kids are like, is this Miss Sarah? Oh, yay. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, it is. They're going to grow up to be like coaches, I'm sure. But I'm just so grateful for this chance to connect with you. Well, it was so, it was like serendipitous, our past cross. So I'm super excited and looking forward to doing maybe some more collaborations with you in the future. I think that would be a great idea. I would love that. Thank you so much. All right, everyone go on and crush your goals because they are important. Thank you for tuning in to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast, where we crush goals and everything that gets in the way. I always love to support my community, so feel free to text the word GOAL to 480-530-5368. Again, 480-530-5368 and the word GOAL. And then tell me all about your goals and dreams. Thanks for tuning in. I look forward to seeing you crush your goals this year.